Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. All right. Try number two on this. Let's see if this works. Lewis, are you there? I am here. How are you doing, John? Not bad. They can hear you now. So tell everyone why that why is- report why Florida report Republicans suck. Oh, where to start? Uh, the most reasons why they suck is they treat the Second Amendment as a lukewarm item, and their entire campaign strategy is: What are you going to do? Vote Democrat? That's not a good campaign strategy ever. That's not a good campaign strategy, but that's their strategy, and it works for them here in Florida because honestly, they're winning on it. But why? It's it's a multifaceted problem, but to simplify it, they take the silence of gun owners as approval for being bad on the Second Amendment. Wow. Um, in twenty eighteen, that's never in twenty eighteen. Yeah, that, that's horrible, and it was exemplified in twenty eighteen after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, High School shooting in Parkland, Florida, down in Broward County. The Republican supermajority-led legislature uh, bum-rushed Senate Bill 7026 through the Senate and the House and got it to uh, then-Governor Rick Scott's desk in a two-week period. Mind you, it takes them the entire session to figure out what the state budget will be and what they're going to name a local street. But they could get gun control passed in a two-week period. Um, Over a 10-year period, though, We've been trying to get constitutional carry passed. We've been trying to get permitted open carry passed. We've been trying to get permitted campus carry passed, and it dies in committee every year under Republican majority control. So that tells you what they what they really care about and how they really care about the Second Amendment and Second Amendment-related issues. But to go to the issue of why they're like that is because they take the silence as approval, And in 2018, for example, there was a pro-gun rally to uh, protest the gun control bill being pushed through. And less than 500 gun owners in a state of 22 million people with over 2 million active concealed carry permits and an estimated 7 to 10 million gun owners, less than 500 showed up to the Capitol. But at the same time, 5,000 gun owners showed up to the Tampa Bay gun show to hoard more PMAGs and AR-15 lowers. So gun owners thought it was more important to purchase a couple of more mags and lowers than it was to actually prevent gun control from being passed in the state capitol. And I know that sounds appalling and it sounds offensive to gun owners, but apathy is really a root cause of why the Republicans are the way they are. They they will take your silence as approval, and they win elections constantly. Yeah, that's the two biggest issues in Virginia. It, luckily, we don't have that problem. Our I mean, our gun owners are, like, really, really motivated. The the big issue between Virginia and Florida, for example, is Florida's native population is less than 36%. So you have the majority of the state population coming here from other places like New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, California, Latin America, where you can't even own firearms, for example, in most of Latin America. So they come to Florida... And it's always better than where they came, where, from where they came from. 
So they see Florida as, hey, it's great. I don't have to worry about fighting for better gun laws. I don't have to worry about fighting lawmakers for for blocking anti-gun legislation because it really doesn't go anywhere for the most part. I don't have to worry about pushing for constitutional carry because I could get a shell issue concealed carry permit and I'm good. And, you know, they think of that as a positive. And, yeah, if I was coming from New York City, that would be a positive. But in the grand scheme of things, it's horrible across the board for Florida because our own state constitution um, is literally a it, it's a polar opposite of itself. The under Article One, Section Eight of the state constitution, which is our our state version of the Second Amendment, it says that Floridians have the right to keep and bear arms, and then it immediately cancels itself by saying, "But the legislature has the right to dictate and determine." who will carry and what is the method of carry. So we don't have the right to carry, to, to carry arms. We only have the right to keep them in our homes, basically. And that's a big issue. And that stems going all the way back to Jim Crow, going back to segregation after the Civil War, because back then the whole goal was to disarm free blacks. Yeah, uh, all gun control is racist, as my friend Maj says. Oh, it, it very much is. It, in Florida's case, the root cause of Florida's gun control stems from the Civil War and the uh, white uh, Democrat majority gaining control after Reconstruction ended and implementing a new state constitution in the 1880s. And starting in 1893, they really started pushing the whole May issue carry permit and ownership permit. And in 1941, uh, Justice Buford on the state Supreme Court in Watson v. State flat out stated that the entire purpose of Florida's gun control laws then were to disarm blacks, black Floridians. And the worst thing is, even though he stated that in the case, it didn't repeal the laws. The May issue laws continued. And when the state constitution was revised in 1968 due to the civil rights movement, A lot of the Jim Crow was removed from it, except the gun control part. The legislature still has the right to this day to regulate who can and can't carry and the method of carry. So it's it's an uphill battle. And now the fact that it's been a Republican supermajority for 20 years, they look at that and they really don't care about it because in 1987, Florida got shell issue. So they just see it as like, well, you you can you can apply for concealed carry permits. It's, it's fine. Have a nice day. Mind you, as proven during the uh, pandemic last year, when the Department of Agriculture, the agency that handles the concealed carry permits, that's a question. Shut I have. down the entire. Yeah. Why does the Department of Agriculture handle concealed carry permits? When Florida went to shell issue in 1987, it was originally done by the Department of State. In 2003, the state constitution was revised to where the Department of State was no longer an elected position and became an appointed position by uh, the governor. And when it was passed in 87, the goal was that the official that would always run the concealed carry permit program was an elected official. So the voters could put some pressure on that individual. So you wouldn't have a bureaucratic dictatorship. So when the State Department was rolled into an executive appointee, that then moved legislative by the legislature through a change in law to Department of Agriculture. But the the whole name is Department of Agriculture 
and consumer services because they also deal with the weights and measurements and gas stations and a whole bunch of other stuff. It just seems like it would have been a better fit somewhere else. The, the thing is, Florida doesn't have a unified state government. Um, our cabinet is actually elected officials that they run independently of the governor. So the chief financial officer, the uh, commissioner of agriculture and consumer services, and um, the attorney general's office, they run their own offices. They have their own elections. Uh, the governor has very little control over them. He can't fire them. He can't get rid of them. Um, so they are answerable only to the electorate. And on top of that, since Florida doesn't have a unified state government and we don't have a unified state police, like in Texas, for example, where you have the Texas Department of Public Safety, who I believe they handle their concealed carry permits. Since we don't have a unified state police, you have a number of different agencies that report to either the governor or the three elected cabinet members. So it's all these political fiefdoms buying for power and financial resources from the legislature. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, and you just but, don't um, seem to, I don't know, too wise. But but go, but going back to the whole issue of the concealed carry permit as a whole. Last year, the Department of Agriculture, for a three-month period, just stopped processing applications and even took down the online process from their website during the pandemic. Mind you, they didn't take down other application systems, but they took down the concealed carry permit application process. And the individual that's currently holding that office, Nikki Freed, is vehemently anti-Second Amendment. And clearly, she did it just... She used the pandemic as an excuse to say, well, I don't want to process concealed carry applications. And in Florida, there is no method of legally carrying a firearm unless you have a concealed carry permit. We don't have uh, uh, permit-free open carry like other states, for example. Or we don't even have constitutional carry. I wish we had constitutional carry it would be fantastic that's a goal that goa is fighting for yeah but it's, it's, it seems like every i mean you put a lot of work into florida i know that for a fact how do you stay motivated um i stay motivated because it's kind of you know it's, it's funny but i used to be a guy that sat on the sidelines and what motivated me to get involved was starting in 2011 when there was an open carry bill going through the legislature. And back then it was Republican supermajority too. And then state Senator Eileen Bogendorf gutted the bill and completely trashed it. It, it went from being an open carry bill to if your gun briefly inadvertently is exposed, it's not a crime. Mind you, there's no legal definition of what a brief exposure is. And the following year, you had an incident in uh, Fort Pierce where a gentleman was uh, a licensed concealed carry permit holder. He was walking down the sidewalk. He had a, an accidental exposure, and he was thrown to the ground by three police officers at gunpoint. And it went to the state Supreme Court, and the state Supreme Court even ruled against, uh, uh, ruled against the citizenry and said, nope, 
you don't have a right to open carry because you have a shell issue CCW permit, even though the permit is a government permission slip. So there is no natural inalienable right in Florida that lets us carry. And that was the straw for me that broke the camel's back, especially at the time because I was a cop. And I took the oath very seriously of upholding and defending the state constitution and the federal constitution and all the rights that come with it. So that's what keeps me motivated. That sounds, uh, I mean, that, I mean, that would keep me motivated too. Um, I've been fighting for gun rights forever. So, the, The fact that, you know, it's Florida and it's Republicans for 20 years and we don't have constitutional carry to me is what motivates me because most gun owners in Florida that I talk to, they're like, no, I, I do my part. I, I, I vote Republican. And that keeps the gun laws from, from happening. I'm like, yeah, but that also keeps us stagnant. And we don't need to be stagnant. We need to be progressive in terms of advancing liberty, not just keeping the status quo. Well, it's it's like kind of like, um, I don't know, like the people who say that, Oh, I give my money, my $25 to GOA or NRA or whatever. I don't need to do anything else. And like I said, I used to be one of those people. And now that I'm with GOA, um, I do a hell of a job, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But I understand the function of GOA and other organizations like Florida Carry, for example. I'm a member of them, too. Um, I am simply a bullhorn to amplify gun owners' voices in Tallahassee. I am not the end-all, be-all tool for for people to be able to use as the blunt instrument to bludgeon their lawmakers with. Honestly, that resu- that falls on the individual. Um, what GOA as an organization, what we could do is we could be your eyes and ears in the Capitol. We are your eyes and ears in the Capitol. We are we amplify your voice in the Capitol. And we try to coordinate, but we cannot do anything without you, the gun owner and the member. That That's the honest truth. Everything that I'm able to accomplish is because of good people out there that take the time to call their lawmakers, to email their lawmakers, to write to their lawmakers, to physically visit their lawmakers. And the most appalling and oppressive thing right now with the legislative dictatorship that we have in the state capitol both in the House and Senate, is that the Capitol is closed, mind you. The governor is advertising Florida as open for business. You know, oh, pandemic, no pandemic, Florida's open. Yet the state Capitol to this day is closed. The public is not allowed to walk into the Capitol and just walk into their lawmaker's office and say, why aren't you supporting this bill? Or why aren't you opposing this bill? They are blocked at the door by Florida Capitol Police. And if they get in, the, sedge, the, the House or Senate Sergeant-at-Arms office will literally evict them from the building unless they have a scheduled meeting with a lawmaker. No ifs, ands, or buts. And the Senate President, Wilton Simpson, the guy that actually wrote the gun control bill after Parkland, he laughed about it. He, he called the public leeches on the Florida Channel, state public uh, access uh, TV channel. What? And then he corrected himself. And then he corrected himself and he says, no, no, no. I meant to say leaves, leaves, not leeches, leaves. Yeah, so uh, they, of course. And, and, and mind you, 
the Senate president is elected to the position by his fellow lawmakers. And if the the majority of the Senate is Republican, that has to tell you something. That means the majority of Republican lawmakers elected this guy to be the Senate president for the next two terms. And the same is in the House office. Chris Sprouls, he has put pre- tremendous pressure on the representatives not to back the constitutional carry bill, the campus carry bill, or the the repeal of the Parkland gun control bill, or the sanctuary, the Second Amendment sanctuary bill. And the Senate president's doing the same thing. So Chris Paul and Wilton Simpson, they're flat out telling all the lawmakers, if you back any of these bills, I will make sure any bill that you introduce will go nowhere and your pet projects will die. And I spoke uh, recently to Representative Cord Berg, who is uh, on a personal level. He's a very good guy. He's very pro-Second Amendment. And when I asked him, hey, since the constitutional carry bill, House Bill 123, is assigned to your committee, are you going to bring it up for a vote? And he told me, no, I will not bring it up to a vote because it does not have a Senate companion bill. And and mind you, that is his way of of saying, I can't give you the real answer. I know the real answer because I've spoken to numerous lawmakers. And the, the honest answer is that the House Speaker, Chris Balls, doesn't want it brought up for a vote. And he's threatened Byrd and other lawmakers that he'll kill their bills. And, for example, um, Byrd has a good preemption bill making its way through the legislature right now that if a state, that if a municipality or a county government passes a, a gun law that goes beyond the scope and authority that the state allows and an individual files a lawsuit against that bill or, or against that law, and the lawsuit is filed in the court and it's going through the process and that municipality changes the law to withdraw the case and make the case moot, right now that happens. Like what happened in New York City with, um, with the state Supreme Court, how they had that, uh, that case with the, the issuance of permits and they changed it. So uh, uh, Representative Bird's bill, if it goes through, it says basically that if a municipality tries to change it to make a case moot, it doesn't matter. The lawsuit still continues and that municipality will have to face the consequences in the, in the courts. So GOA backs that bill. I personally back that bill. I know numerous other people in organizations are backing that bill. But uh, Chris Sprawls, the House Speaker, flat out basically threatened Byrd and said, if you back constitutional carry, I will kill you this bill. And, you know, I understand from Byrd's point of view, he wants his bill to succeed. It's his bill. So he's going to do what happens. All right. What's, What's been happening? Okay, that was VA Wolf donating some money to the super chat. Thank you, VA Wolf. Uh, if you if you are a Patreon member, I think I might have posted what I'm what I want to use the money for. Go over there and take a look and let me know if you're all right with it. All right, getting back to Florida and everything that's going on with you and GOA. Uh, Eric Pratt was just down in Florida, right at the Florida Carry event. Yeah, I was going to be there, and the hotel that we were both booked at canceled my reservation. Why they canceled when my I reservation? Um, long story short, they screwed up, and they were jerks. Oh, they didn't have any spare rooms? Um, no, but that wasn't even the issue. I made my reservation over a month ago, and I had my confirmation for 
uh, my room was still good two days prior and drove down. And when I went up to the hotel lobby to check in, they're like, yeah, we can't, your reservation's canceled. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? So sadly I couldn't attend the Florida carry event. I, I looked everywhere within a 50 mile radius and every hotel room was sold out because of that. And it's spring break in Florida. So, but yes, Eric was, uh, was down at, at, you know, Cal at the Florida carry event. And he said it was a fantastic event that Florida carry put on a very good show. Uh, yeah. Um, let me ask you something here. Since, uh, okay. Okay. Camilla Harris's niece tweeted out something totally ridiculous. And I wanted to get your opinion on it. Sure. All right. Before, um, she said, Atlanta was shooting was not even a week ago. Violent white men are the greatest terrorist threat in this country. But then she deleted it once they found out that he wasn't a violent white man. <laughs> uh, you know, I constantly hear this whole threat of, of, of white men being a threat. And I even laugh at that because in reality, bad guys are of every color, every nationality, every creed, and every gender. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sure. Got to do a Wolverine yell out for Joe Drag. Joe Drag has just beat B.A. Wolf as the largest Patreon, I mean, largest uh, Super Chat with $100. Wow. Thank you, Joe Drag. Thank you. That will go to good use. Yeah, I don't. What I do, I I do like with with all all my Patreons and Super Chats, I don't, well, I want to get like a new mic for uh, live streaming, different events. But uh, ever since I've been doing this for even my old podcast for like six years, all the money I've made through Super Chats, Patreons, and everything else, it all goes to charity usually. Well, that's that's a good cause, man. I'm glad of that. Yeah, but now um, I might buy a uh, a better setup for live streams and interviews on the street, but we will see. That's good. For Florida here, my event goal is to have a a mobile podcast set up so I could go around the state and get down and get down in the trenches, both with the lawmakers and our members and gun owners as a whole, so they could voice their opinion to the Capitol. Oh, um, stop stealing my ideas. Yeah, well, tough luck. It's happening. And I think I had this idea for a while. I just haven't had the, the means and ability to do it. But GOA, through their awesomeness, has been like, hey, no, man, you're the artist. What is the canvas? We're supporting you to do what you want to do. We, we, we really know that you are passionate for Florida. So if you think you could do something that makes the fight even better go in our direction, do it. So they're, they're backing me on this. Yeah, we, uh, 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 GOA, I do a GOA podcast on Saturday nights. If you don't know, um, if right here on this channel and gun, it's on this channel, uh, the GOA Virginia Facebook group. It's on gorillas and guns. It's like all over the damn place. Twitch, uh, Periscope, D Live, uh, Black Swan Media on fa- on Facebook as well. 
It's on crumpy.com. It's all over the place. But uh, so on Saturday nights, I do that, and that's backed by GOA. Uh, I am the second GOA podcast, and I guess who's going to be third, you or or Rachel? Rachel whoever, gets up and running first. Whoever, whoever gets up and running. But, you know, speaking of Rachel, I have to give her and Felicia Bull tremendous credit because they have actually been – an inspiration in what is very successful because legislatively Texas has a similar situation to Florida Republican supermajority for a long time. Pro gun bills were constantly dying in committee under Republican control and they're on the cusp right now of getting constitutional care. So I, I mean, my hat's off to them. Yeah. Those two ladies have been kicking butt and taking names. They've been pushing hard in Texas. And, and I don't know if you've ever met Rachel's this, I wouldn't call, I don't want to say a little tiny person. That <laughs> makes her sound like she's a little person. I mean, but she's this, this petite, uh, young woman who is absolutely vicious when it comes to the second amendment. And I say that in a good way. Yep. She is vicious. And, and Felicia is her right hand woman. And, uh, she, she does a lot too. I, I respect the hell out of those two people. They they literally if they are my role models for how I want Florida for for GOA to operate in Florida. And I, I, I kid you not, I, I I have tremendous respect for them. And one of the things that uh, uh through the back channels since we all you know in GOA we all talk and help each other out. One of the things that really ticks me off is that in Texas, for example, if you can't attend a committee meeting, you can still show uh, recorded support. You could fill out a, a, a committee appearance form or whatever they call it out in Texas, and it's logged by, by the Texas legislature. It's like, hey, look, John Q. Citizen off of uh, 123 Maple Avenue, you know, he's in support of the constitutional carry bill. They, they log that because Texas is a big state, and I get it. Not everyone can go to the Capitol. You can even do it by telephone, too. Yeah, yeah, but you can do it by telephone. No, 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 not in Florida. In Florida, the rules are that you have to physically be present at the committee and turn in a committee appearance form if you just simply want to show support or opposition for a bill. Not even speak uh, in support or against the bill. Just to say, I waive my right to speak in support or against this bill. You have to be there physically in Tallahassee at the committee chambers prior to the committee meeting starting to turn in the committee appearance form. You can't call in. You can't do a uh, an email. You can't mail in the committee appearance form. You can't do anything. If you live in the Keys, that's and a long drive. Very, very it's, long drive. It's 12, it's 12 hours. From Miami to Key, from Miami to Tallahassee alone, it's eight hours. The, the Key, West, Key West is another three hours away from Miami. So, you know, counting traffic, fighting from the Keys all the way to South. You're talking about a 12-hour trip. And half the time, the committee, half the time, the committees reschedule the bill hearings because, oh, we didn't have enough time or something else went over the clock or we or Senator so-and-so couldn't show up or Representative so-and-so. So, you know. Again, legislative dictatorship. The legislative rules in the House and Senate are abysmal in how they silence the public. Out of a state of 22 million people, you're telling me that you have to show up in person 
to to voice a recorded opinion if you're in favor or opposition for a bill that's that's ludicrous that's insulting to the people especially for florida a state as big as it is it's not like in other states uh like rhode island you know where it's 20 minutes to get to the capital or 40 minutes or an hour to cross the state you know it's it's horrendous and again republican supermajority and they keep these rules in place why because they don't want opposition they don't want to hear from their constituency the senate president himself called the public leeches this legislative session i i can't believe yeah i mean it's it's like uh there was a democrat here who was speaking and he thought the microphone was off and he called uh you know just ignored the gun owners they're, they're still a bunch of little babies yeah. Well, that's the attitude of Republicans in Florida. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that should never be the attitude of the people that's supposed to be representing you. I don't care if they're Republicans or Democrats. Yeah, that's that's the honest truth. And it uh, there's 102 Republicans between the House and the Senate. And I can count on one hand the real progressive Second Amendment related bills on one hand. So five fingers, that's it. And they usually fail. And you're telling, uh, of course, they, they, it's been, it's been over a decade of repeated fashion with multiple Senate presidents, multiple House speakers, multiple committee chairs where the pro gun bills constantly die in committee. They never even get to the floor. And the only thing that passes are very lukewarm. Uh, uh, table crumbs that pass. So, for example, a bill that looks like it's going to progress through this legislative session is the church carry bill, which GOA is in favor of. We're backing the bill. But it's really not even a Second Amendment-related bill. It's a property rights bill. All it says is that if a religious institution has a parochial school on their property or they rent their space from a school, to hold services right now under state chapter 790, the, the Florida firearm laws, that's a gun-free zone. This bill would simply say that these religious institutions have the individual right to determine if they want someone to conceal carry on, on the property. That's it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't flat out say, nope, it's not a gun-free zone anymore. It just says, hey, you as the property manager or the property owner have the right to determine if you want to have someone carry on your property. No more, no less. And GOA's backing this bill. But this bill is very, very lukewarm in, in terms of real pro- progress for gun rights. And at every committee hearing, I've told lawmakers, yeah, we support this bill, but you know what would be better? Just repeal Chapter 790.06, sub uh, subsection 12, the gun-free zones, that are listed by state statute. Just repeal them. That would be easier, and it would be less convoluted than this bill you guys are pushing through. They're not going to do that. (laughs) We know that. But you know what? If there's one thing I learned in politics, you never ask for what you don't want. You always demand for what you want. Because if you're willing to compromise, you're never going to get anywhere, because all they're going to do is they're going to keep compromising until you got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, how do you fix it? 
Um, if I could, I, I would walk around the Capitol with a baseball back and not common sense into folks, but apparently that, that's frowned upon. I mean, I, I don't know, something about assault and battery and, and threatening elected officials with bodily harm. I don't know. They, they don't like that. So, former to fix that. rogue. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I'm not going rogue. I'm just administering knowledge. That's all through a blunt instrument. But since I can't do that, and I can't knock, and I physically can't knock sense into these lawmakers, the next best thing I could do is I could go to the Capitol and I could plead with them and I could speak to them. But more importantly, your listeners, they need to contact their lawmakers and they need to contact especially Governor DeSantis. They need to put tremendous pressure on him. In 2018, during the Republican primary, DeSantis flat out said as he was campaigning, that he would have vetoed the gun control bill passed after Parkland if he was governor. And I applaud him on that. Uh, But between 2018 and right now, he has not spent the political capital promoting and speaking in support of true pro-gun legislation like constitutional carry. And I get it. The man's busy, you know, running a state of 22 million people, uh, the third largest uh, state population-wise, a multi-trillion dollar economy. I get it. I understand. You know, he's busy. But again, Republicans take silence as approval. So if you, the listener, don't put pressure on him, he's not going to put pressure on the legislative leadership in the House and the Senate. Yeah, that that is definitely something that uh, we, we got to keep pressure. Is uh, he going to run for president, you think? Um, he run his second gubernatorial term is up in 20 or I'm sorry, his first gubernatorial term is up in 2022. So he's going to be running for reelection for that. And the rumor mill in Tallahassee is that, yeah, he's looking at a 2024 run for the white house. Um, and I can tell you this, if he continues on the path he's on right now, come 2024, I, I like the guy, but other Republican lawmakers and uh, chief executives from other states will clean the clock with him on Second Amendment-related issues. I mean, Governor Abbott out of Texas, he's kicking butt. He flat out is going on, on the news saying, I'm going to make Texas a sanctuary state. I'm going to make sure that constitutional carry uh, will be signed if it, if it reaches my desk. I mean, you know, Greg Abbott, he's putting pressure on the legislature. And that's part of it. That's part of why uh, Felicia and Rachel have been kicking butt in Texas because they've been putting pressure on him because they've been getting Texas gun owners to put pressure on him. While here in Florida, Florida gun owners right now are, are apathetic. And I'm not saying it negatively that, they're, that their apathy is because they don't care. It's because prior to GOA becoming involved in Florida, which has only been for the last three months, uh, in terms of having a state director, it was very hard to motivate gun owners in Florida because the other national organizations, they basically viewed Florida as a golden goose to get eggs from and, and fleece. You know, that, that's all they cared about was, oh, look, look at what we're doing. We're taking the money and nothing more, nothing less. But GOA, they really are very uh, personally invested in Florida. They, they brought me out of the blue. I hanged up my badge as a cop in September of last year, and I was looking to go into the private sector as a private investigator for the insurance industry. When Eric called me out of the blue 
to simply ask my opinion on what's going on in Florida since I've been his eyes and ears legislatively. And he flat out said, Lewis, I would like you to be our state director in Florida. We, we have a vested interest in Florida. Uh, Florida is very crucial for how the nation could turn. And we don't want Florida to fall like other states, like your state, like Virginia, you know, because for a very long time, Virginia was pro second amendment. Very and, much so. We still are. And not, we, not, oh, not our well, you guys are. I mean, I, I, I've seen what's going on with, with the, uh, I think you guys I mean, call it what the committees of public safety, where you guys yeah. go and, and talk to your, to your County officials and, and all that. So yeah, yeah no, well, I know we, Virginia, we, we I know on back, the ground. We beat back a couple of bad laws, like a lot of bad laws. Actually. No, no, I, no, I know you guys are, are still very passionate, but I mean, they, I know you're talking GOA's about. goal is GOA's goal is to prevent the Florida legislature from becoming anti-gun majority, vehemently anti-gun majority. Right now, the Florida legislature is very lukewarm on the Second Amendment. So the, the goal here is to prevent a Virginia from happening and instead have Florida become another Texas where progress is happening, not just keeping the status quo. Yeah, Bloomberg <laughs> wasted a lot of money in Texas. Uh, Bloomberg has burnt money in a lot of places. Um, what's appalling, back to the Republicans, is in 2018, 2019, Bloomberg donated 500 grand to the then Senate uh, President Bill Galvano, a Republican, and Galvano gladly took that 500k and distributed and dispersed it to other Republican lawmakers, and they took it without a problem. Yeah, it's. it's- Kind of terrible what they do. Yeah. Well, at least in Virginia, so, our, our our Republicans are actual Republicans, not like in Florida. <laughs> They're Democrats. Well, I'm, hey, hey, I, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll make a trade. I'll take the crappy snow weather and your Republicans, but you get our Florida Republicans and our sunshine. How about that? No, hell no. Hell no. My, my rights are worth <laughs> more than dealing with some freaking snow like twice a year. Doesn't even snow that much here. It snows more than here. Yeah, uh, babe, but yeah. Oh, babe, by the way, you pissed off people by saying Virginia is not pro two A. I didn't mean it in that regard, folks. Virgi- I know Virginia on the ground is very two A. It's you, the legislature right now. Once you said that, I'm like, oh, here it comes. I I, I poked the hornet's nest, didn't I? Yeah, we got a lot of Virginia hey, people. I, hey, I have to say this for you, Virginia folks. I saw that open car- that uh, it, well, it wasn't the open carrier rally. It was that massive gun rally that you guys did in 2019. We had another massive gun right? rally. Yeah, we had another one this year. Well, I don't remember if it was 2019 or 2020. My dates 2020, are 2020 was a huge one, but we did. There was another massive rally this year. It, it was it was the one where the one where the Virginia State Police was basically paranoid and and they were like oh my god we're going to be overrun and they erected the fencing in front of the Capitol and all that right that like was that, the most recent one right yeah yeah uh, what well, no there was one after that but yeah like that was going to stop tens of thousands of heavily armed Virginians if they wanted to do yeah. something so again I, on the ground I know you guys are very passionate. It's just right now you guys sadly have been saddled with a horrible legislature and executive uh, government that 
just basically run roughshod over you guys. It, it's sad. It's sad because they've gotten away with it through gerrymandering and redistricting and, and playing with the political makeup of the legislature instead of actually having the people have a direct say. They, they played games and they are trying to silence you as what was done in California 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, after the Reynolds, the Supreme Court case of Reynolds v. Sims, so I understand. You know what? You know what? The, the, I just I, what, what, the the Democrats have wanted this anti gerrymandering uh, uh, constitutional amendment to the Virginia Constitution forever. Then once they got power, they're like, oh, we don't need that anymore. That they only nothing. want it when they don't have. They they only want it when they don't have power. Yeah, it's just like if, if, they you know they want to kill the filibuster now. Well, yeah. If there's one thing I've learned with lawmakers, when they're the opposition minority party, they're all about the Constitution. They're all about equality, and this goes for both sides of the aisle—not Republican or, or Republican and Democrat. Um, but when they're always the opposition party, it's oh no, we're for the little man. We're for making sure that things are done fairly and equally. And the moment they achieve power, like. Pfft, Screw that! We're we're defecating on you. We don't care. You know, remember, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep, it sure does. But and, absolute power in this country doesn't rest in lawmakers' hands; it rests in the people's hands. As long as we have firearms, that's the truth. That's why they want to get rid of them. Yeah, then we and, have. And I can tell you this. And I can tell you this from. Personal family history. My family came to this country in 1961 fleeing communist Cuba. Um, the first thing Fidel Castro did after he took over January 1st, 1959, was go after privately owned arms. And he did that for a reason. So I, I, I vowed not to let Florida succumb to what happened 90 miles off our coast, and I vowed not to let the United States succumb to what happened 90 miles off our coast. So I, I will help in any way for Florida and other states and the country as a whole. I mean, last week I was trying to call in to the Nevada legislature simply as I was between two committee meetings at my state capitol to speak against a, an anti-gun bill in Nevada. Why? Because I have some friends in Nevada that are cops and they can't publicly speak against anti-gun legislation or speak in support of pro-gun legislation because of the job, because they're, they're muzzled, they're gagged. So they called me and said, Hey, can you call in real quick and, and, and throw your weight around? And I was like, dude, I'll do whatever I can. If I could have been there in person, I would have. Yeah. That is something that you need to do. Like my wife really can't speak her mind because she's military. Yep. The hat, if you're a federal employee, even if you're a civilian federal employee, the hatch act, God forbid you, you speak anything politically, you are, they will nail you. Well, the Hatch Act only applies to, uh, during working hours. But, but, but like, but in, like the, military, in the military, in the, mil- yeah. you're kind of on duty 24, seven, 365, same as a cop. Well, well, that's what I was about to say. So like. Like when I was in state department or DHS or NSA, when I worked for those groups, I was very political outside. But uh, like 
during the day, they would send out like reminders, especially during the election cycle, about the Hatch Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a state law enforcement officer, we had there was a, a state law that was similar that as a state law enforcement officer, we couldn't use our office for political purposes, and we couldn't uh, say what we did and, and use government uh, resources or government time. So I had to very carefully thread that needle to speak in support of pro-gun bills and against anti-gun bills as a cop. And it was, it was very difficult. I, I went to the point that when I would go to the Capitol, I would leave my agency credentials at home purposely just so if anything happened, they can't even say, oh, well, you, you tried to, to use the badge to get your way into the Capitol or to put pressure on a lawmaker. It was no. I made sure that it was completely separated. So yes, I completely understand the limitations on on numerous people that are silenced, and that's one of the reasons why organizations like GOA exist. That's why we're involved, is because you have good, honest people that you know they're in the military, they're in law enforcement, they're in government employment, and they're trying to truly uphold the oaths that they took, but they're silenced and they they are muzzled and they're gagged from doing what they what they want to do. So that's why they joined GOA, and that's why there's people like like you and I, and Rachel, and Felicia, and Alan, and and Val, and you know Eric, and and, and all across the country on, on the state level too. Yeah, and uh, like yeah, they're they're and Josh and and, and Louisiana. Although yeah. he, I think he had yeah. it pretty yeah. easy compared to the rest of us. <laughs> I, I love hearing his reports. It's, yep, legislature went through. Yeah, we got this done. Now, there, there's no gun control bill com- coming its way through. I mean, I'm envious of him, but you know what? He's He still fights the fight in Louisiana to make sure that they don't regress. Yeah. Like, so, like, oh, man, like the ghost gun bill. I mean, we were, that that was, that took a lot of energy out of me. The so-called ghost well, gun bill in Virginia, but we got it defeated. Well, here in Florida, the biggest threat here in Florida isn't just the legislature. It's the public petition. It's the fact that our state constitution could be amended by a public petition. And they and it was close. They were um, banned assault weapons now, a Bloomberg-funded uh, organization here in Florida that was started after Parkland. They were getting the signatures to put an assault weapons ban on the state peti- on the on the 2020 ballot to amend the state constitution so it would be a constitutional amendment for there to be an assault weapons ban. And the only thing that killed it was that when they get enough signatures, it has to go for review before the state Supreme Court to see if the actual peti- the ballot initiative in meets the legal criteria for not being um, confusing and showing subterfuge. And the state Supreme Court ruled that the way they worded it, it was lying to voters because they said, oh, no, it's only going after um, assault weapons. Mind you, they in the fine print that wasn't on the ballot, everything was pretty was practically an assault weapons, including something as simple as a Ruger 1022 or a Marlin Model 60. Yep. Uh, VA Wolf Wolf says, uh, he said, uh, 
what do you say? Luis knows his thing and doing the best down there too. We, the people and VCDL and all of GOA members do our part. All right. I, I could say, I, I could say this about VCDL. You guys are fantastic. I've spoken to your leadership prior to joining um, GOA as their state director. And I've, picked and prodded a lot of brains in VCDL because you guys have a fantastic ground game. And yeah, I, I can admit it. Part of what I do here in Florida, I've modeled after you guys. So thanks thanks for laying the groundwork for me to copy. All right. With and, that, and for make with that uh, we are going to get out of here. I got to call Val back. He needs some uh, help with some stuff. So I'm going to go help him with that. But thank you for watching. I'm going to give Lewis the final word in one second. But remember, you can always join GOA if you want. And you can actually get a discount on it by going to goa.org slash black dash swan media. Go to Black Swan Tactical and take 10% off your order with code CRUMPY. And with that said, my name is John Crump. And I'm going to remind you one, one more time that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. Almost forgot that. $5 gets you some patches. Yes, yes, yes. I'm with that. Go to crumpy.com, find all my information out. And I'm going to kick it over to um, Louis or Luis. I call you Luis, but then other people call you Louis. So I don't know. So I've been trying to I go back and forth now. I'm so confused. English, it's Lewis. English, it's it's Lewis. Spanish, it's Luis. It doesn't bother me. Why does everyone call you at GOA, Luis? It's a bunch of white dudes. Because that's what Eric starts. Because that's what Eric calls me. So people are like, "Well, okay, that's what Eric calls him. That's what we're going to call him." And me, I'm just like, "Whatever." Right. As long as I'm not being called Bob, I'm happy. All right. Okay. We're gonna... I'm, bi I'm, bi I'm bilingual, so for I'm um, you know. I speak in both languages. VA Wilson, have a good evening, my southern brother. And I'm going to kick it over to Bob for the final word. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, John. Folks, the one thing I ask, if you're Florida, if you live in Florida, please contact the ever-living hell out of your lawmakers and contact Governor DeSantis. And if you folks live outside of Florida, contact Governor DeSantis and threaten, and not threaten, but... Uh, Explain to him, hey, look, I want to come to Florida and vacation and spend my money there, but since you guys don't have constitutional carry, I'm going to go to some of those other states that do. See ya. I'm going to take my money there. And that, that really speaks loudly. Apparently, the Republicans in Florida very much care about their uh, pocketbooks. Doesn't everyone? Right, that they sure do. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you so much, Alyssa. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. I think we got American Gun Check on. It's going to be a freaking awesome time then on thursday we have flim gunner glenn fleming of tv of the discovery channel our history channel actually of drive tanks we're gonna learn what he's up to and learn about some freaking tanks man everyone loves tanks all right with that said we are gone see ya with John Crump, a Black Swan Media Group production. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Tune in every week for a conversation with the difference makers in the world.